Good morning. This is Brad Foreman reporting from Dingbo Shay, Nepal. We're on about day 11. It is the 15th of April. Things are moving along. This is up episode 51 and uh it is very early in the morning. The sun has not risen on our little mountain community. I thought it'd be fun to do a podcast early on before anybody gets up, before the sun hits. We are nestled in a battle. Obviously, before I get into the, the, the immediate environment, so this is season four Everest. And I'm in the process of acclimatizing. If you've listened to previous episodes, we've been working our way up the valley towards base camp. It's a very, very methodical process. One that almost seems absurdly slow, but it is for the well-being of each of our summit team members that we do it this, in this fashion. Uh, I want to take a quick minute before we get into this on this uh, chilly 14-degree Fahrenheit morning. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening to Peak's podcast. You can get backup information and photos when uh, I get back from the the expedition at uh, peakspodcast.rocks. Of course, I'm doing this for kids at risk, and if you're interested in hearing about that, go to www.foreman7project.org. Foreman7project.org. Okay, so let me try and paint the picture for you at uh, 14 plus thousand feet. We've been working our way up. Yesterday, we hit a milestone. As many of you might know, Everest is 29,000 feet. And so we did our day acclimatization hike up to 15,500. So we finally have reached the plus 50% vertical feet that we're going to need. Now, of course, the first half of the vertical foot goal is the easiest. The next 15,000 is the tough stuff. And we've been getting reports from above uh, that uh, there's some good things going on. Reported earlier that uh, we might have as few as 200 permits. Now, this is the beak, the deep dark secret up here you know how many climbers are on the mountain we know there's climbers from all over the world we know that because of the pandemic that it's cut back the population of climbers and we know that when we received our permit there were fewer climbers than uh, in previous years now could have there been a rush of late climbers I don't really suspect that's the case. Ah, 
excuse me, I had to have a nice sip of ginger tea. I'm out on the porch here. So, we hardly see anybody that's a foreigner to uh, passing through the villages. Just a handful of people. Uh, I haven't seen any Americans. And uh, for the most part, they're European or Oriental. And that's only been, like I said, a handful. So, well, I am very encouraged. But we really won't know the true facts till we get up to base camp. Now, our two over-qualified Sherpas that are traveling with us, I'm learning more and more about, and it's quite exciting. Uh, Karma, our one Sherpa that's with us, I am told he is the strongest Sherpa on the mountain, on Everest. He has some seven ascents. His first ascent was at the early age of 16 years old. I mean, I was in high school at 16 years old. Think about what you were doing at 16 years old. I sure didn't have the goal of summiting Everest. So it's quite exciting to be in the company of uh, such an elite climber. And he's just a happy-go-lucky gentleman. But you can tell he's a power pack of energy. Uh, Sunam, his counterpart, Sunam, he's full of surprises every day. He's young and he's summited one time. It just so happens his father owns the company. He is an accomplished guitar player. And Sunam is... uh, just about completed his uh, mountaineering uh, certification, which here in Nepal, I think there's only 70 certified Sherpas in the whole country. And he's on our team. Just a a delight to be around. Uh, These guys are singing and playing music as we proceed on our daily acclimatization hikes. Uh, the the peace up here in the mountains is equal to none. So let's discuss what I'm looking at right off the uh, porch here. The porch is um, astroturf with some tables, about 20 to 30 prayer flags above my head. There's a rock wall surrounding a 50 by 50, uh, say 75 by 75 uh, foot courtyard. And then uh, two of the sides of the perimeter are are lodge, built of stone and windows framed in the local pine, painted orange with a green roof. It's a typical Nepalese uh, traditional guest house. Around me, well, in front of me, it almost looks like I could touch it, is, is Amada Blom. The kind of the side you don't see that often. It's uh, a beautiful view of a very sheer peak 
Um, if you have a moment while you're listening to this podcast, I'd recommend you pull up Ama de Blum. And uh, it's world famous. It's like the Matterhorn is to Switzerland. Ama de Blum is to Nepal. It's sheer glaciated peak that rises right above me. And then there are 10 or so other peaks that we'll be naming as we uh, climb through the valleys uh, as we go. So as I said, we're in Dingbo shape. I don't believe I covered in previous casts. You know, we were in uh, Teng Boche and uh, various other towns. The, the suffix Boche means town. So Ding Boche is obviously Ding Town. And uh, that's how it goes up here in the valley. Uh, so we are, this valley is the Kumba, okay? The sacred Kumba. Very holy because uh, this is where Everest is, the holiest of the mountains. And many of the other uh, 8,000 meter peaks, Lhotse and many others and in this Kumba Valley the, the valley's uh, not I wouldn't want to say ruled but the leader of the valley is the the Lama who resides in the monastery he kind of makes the rules not just kinda he is the authority they are very spiritual religious Buddhist people and one of the unique rules that I've learned that they are not allowed to kill any animal they're not allowed to kill a dog they're not allowed to kill a cow not allowed to kill a yak not allowed to kill a snow leopard not allowed to kill a yeti they are not allowed to harm any animal now, what does this mean to the Kumba? Well, basically, every single meat has to be flown in. So, the t- fried chicken rice meal I had last night, the chicken is flown in. Uh, the beef stew on the menu, the beef is flown in. Now, if you think about this, there's not... There's not fixed-wing service up here to the valley. They have to fly it in with helicopters. I mean, I guess they could fly the lower, lower valley, way down in Lukla. Uh, They could fly food in with fixed-wing. But up here, everything has to come in with chopper or be carried in. But I don't know how they carry it in and keep perishables uh, you know, safe. So, the logistics of food for tourism up here, and locals, for that matter, is just incredibly difficult. Um, I guess this is one reason that you see so many potato fields. Potatoes are the staple. And they're the little round red ones. And there's field after field. And each day when we 
do our climatization hikes, we see dozens of fields, more than hundreds of fields, and they're surrounded by rock walls of about five feet so that uh, the yak and the cows don't get in there and uh, they're tilling them right now getting ready for spring <clears throat> the temperature here in Dingboche is in the low teens the little water stream in front of our guest house the uh, famous Snowline mountain climbing tea house is frozen. Uh, our water line was frozen yesterday, which isn't really a water line. It's, uh, well, it is a water line. It's, it's a, a PVC. It goes from a, a, a holding tank on the roof and then distributes water. So that freezes. And maybe if we're lucky, it thaws out by afternoon when we get back from our exercises. And uh, we have a little water to rinse off, you know, wash hands, uh, sterilize for drinking. Everything up here we're sterilizing. Uh, stipend, which is an electrolysis process, is used. And a lot of the people are using stipends and the... Uh, Stereo pen, stereo pen, and the uh, uh, tablets, the chlorine tablets, a combination of the two to ensure safe water. I myself preferred the hard boil if I can get it. Um, because of the ex extreme conditions up here, uh, as you might hear in my voice, I'm, it's quite chilly. There's 20 mile an hour breeze at 14 degrees, and I'm uh, doing the podcast from the veranda. It's chilly. Uh, the cost of almost everything is is double or triple. Uh, espresso, five bucks. Uh, a bottle of water, two dollars. Hot water, three dollars. You name it, there's a price on it, and it's because it's so difficult to uh, to provide these in any quantity. You know, just taking care of themselves is difficult enough. Never mind taking care of the guests. Uh, let me give you a little snapshot of what we're heading into in our future podcast. This is just 51. We're going to be cranking out some uh, serious podcasts as we get up higher because there's going to be a lot of activity, uh, a ton going on here, and some very interesting characters that we're going to be... Uh, meeting I believe so today we're going to do a hike I'm looking at the uh, target it's a ridge line we're going to go up to 16,500 feet um, it's base all rocky dusty trail terrain here we're above tree line so 
it does tend to be dusty and that can be a real problem with your respiratory tract so we try to i try to keep away from the group and uh, lag back or stay in front where the dust is lower because the respiratory problems are just uh, horrendous here uh, a couple of our teammates have coughs already and uh, so you gotta watch that and the day after tomorrow we'll be moving up to the next village I think it is Loboche and after Loboche we will stay there two nights and that's in the 16,000 feet above sea level range and then in three days, if all goes well, we'll be at the infamous base camp. Uh, back in 20, or 2010, yes, I was there with my reveled Colorado climbing team. So I'm, I'm very excited to see our camp. We have a huge dome tent that we've been uh, teased with some photos from uh, the Sherpas of the base camp. Yeah, it looks pretty nice. We'll be using three-man tents there, uh, a one tent per person, so it will be very luxurious as far as camping goes. You don't sell, I've hardly ever been on expeditions where I've had my own tent, uh, usually doubling or tripling, uh, as you might recall from uh, Antarctica. We, or Denali, we were tripled in Denali. Um, season one. So this is really going to be a little bit of a treat doing this. Uh, and if all goes well, we'll be working out a base camp. And then we're going to move right on to the mountain across the infamous ice fields. And camp one and camp two. And we're going to do, a, I think, a week rotation, our first rotation. And then I've come to discover we'll do one rotation up onto Everest, come back to base, do a second rotation up onto Everest, come back to base, and then go down low. And then the third rotation is seventh rotation towards the end of May. Mind you, we're only in April, so it's another month away. But the this very, very pragmatic, very well thought out, planned attack should give us the best odds of having a successful summit. So I am just uh, basically following our guys' leads that have been up here. And that's really what we retain the services for. Uh, they have all the experience. We're getting to see a lot of the gadgets we're going to be using to communicate out of base camp, forecast weather, etc. So it's quite a sophisticated operation. This isn't just a willy-nilly, let's go for a hike. Well, without a doubt, one of the most sophisticated expeditions I've had the honor to be on. And without a doubt, 
the most experienced crew I've ever had leading an expedition. So, appreciate y'all listening. You can find Peaks Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, CastBox. Uh, Go there, share it with your friends and family. Make comments. Uh, Comments are a real good thing to increase our visibility. Uh, Peaks Podcast's primary purpose is to, number one, educate people on mountaineering, big mountain expeditions, and number two, to encourage each and every one of you to get out and do your own expedition. Let me repeat, your own expedition, whether it's a walk in the park locally with your family or something more challenging. The main thing is take baby steps, get out there, and enjoy the outdoors. This is Brad with Peaks Podcast. Have a great day. Episode 51, Season 4. Take care.